Welcome to the Pagan Gumbo Podcast. Uh, every couple of weeks, we're going to try to serve you up some discussions of a pagan nature, uh, looking at our both practical and philosophical leanings as pagans, as magical practitioners, and looking at the way that we formulate a concept of the universe and our place in it. Uh, your mileage may vary, and as always, this is about one way to look at things and not the way to look at things. Welcome to Pagan Gumbo Podcasts. In this episode, we will be discussing matters of a protective nature as we explore different possibilities and practices around magical self-defense. This is Forrest. I'm here with Seamus and Michael today. And uh, Seamus, the topic of magical self-defense, what are some of the practices and, and theories that come to mind? Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> there is that. Surely everyone was not kung fu fighting. <laughs> okay, there was the guy in the corner who was not. Um, well, I I think it's it. it you break it down. It's uh, you know I always explain to people because you know sometimes when you talk about um, self defense and magic, people get really weirded out about it. Like oh, I don't want to curse somebody. I don't want to do any negative. I don't want to do anything to affect. And I always I I always break it down to the simplest thing. If someone was punching you, would you stop them? Right. If somebody is magically attacking you, that you can somehow use magic to keep them from attacking you in your daily life, would you not do that? Right. Now, that can break down into all the different types of magic that we do, including candle magics and, and all those. I think some of the most um, accessible magic, or the ones that people think of a lot, have to do with uh, amulets and, and, and totems and charms and those right. type of things. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those uh, evil eye amulets everywhere, mm -hmm. and uh, I understand that that is intended to defend a person specifically against jealousy or the the energy that comes to them from you know being looked at in that in that mm -hmm. envious or jealous way. Yeah, I think there's so many so many different types of, of things you can do for defensive magic, including and and I think another one that's often overlooked is just good shielding and grounding. You know, especially people who are um, uh, more em empathic and and just soak up or get drained by other people one way or the other. They're not they don't do a, a good job of shielding or a good job with cleansing magic. Uh, Michael wrote several years ago. I remember. Um, a, a, a real basic spell for uh, when you're in the shower and it was a way of cleansing yourself and kind of, uh, you know, preparing yourself to go out into the world. Ian Corrigan has a great uh, spell in, in Druidry about armoring yourself before you go out into the world. Um, but I, you know, if you think about um, uh, magic for hire, um, you know, when you put the shingle out, like the sore has, that's probably one of the number one things people are concerned about is protection. I've been jinxed. I've been cursed. I have some negativity in my life. There's something coming at me. Um, and, you know, there's a multitude of ways to, to handle that. As simple as saging and, and using uh, 
um, essential oils and things like that uh, for cleansing purposes to cleansing baths to full on dare I say exorcisms yeah yeah I mean one of the things the the place that I always start with magical self defense is is with that cleansing because the first thing you want to do is clear away anything that might be hanging on to you whether you know it or not um good sage bundle or something like that goes a long way or some incense or or even a little bit of prayer or a bath whatever it might Mm -hmm. be that really makes you feel spiritually clean right is where you would start um after that you might look at shielding whether that's energetic shielding or whether that is carrying an amulet um i one of those evil eye amulets. I wear it on my keys. Oh, wow. And so I carry it all the, all over the place. My daughter brought me, um, I bought this back in, geez, over 10 years ago now in Greece. I bought an evil eye amulet and uh, from a street vendor. And I just kind of left it lying around. And after we moved into the new house, my daughter brought it up to me. And she was two and a half at the time. <laughs> so. Daddy, you need this, and Aww. gave it to me, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm going to be wearing that for well, obviously, forever now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when a child comes up to you and says, "Hey, you need this amulet," you need your amulet. You need it's your it's amulet. dangerous out there. It's dangerous <laughs> to go alone. Take this. Um, but you know, and, and whether it's you know whether like I said, whether it's energetic shielding or an amulet or, or something like that, um, having something that you feel like protects you. I think is a, a very important part of that magical self-defense. Um, interesting etymological note. Um, amulet comes from the same root that omelet does because they are flat pieces of metal typically that have been inscribed upon or pieces of paper and then rolled up and carried along with a person. That's what an amulet spell um, originally looked mm-hmm. like. So an omelet being flat, an amulet being flat, it all comes out of the same root. Oh, word. that's interesting. Folded. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the um, the shielding practices that I used to employ, especially when I was doing readings like full full time as like the the main job, um, was a visualization practice that was essentially taking a moment to experience or see or feel the um, the solar plexus chakra as a spinning sphere of bright yellow light, and allowing that, like you said, to to get rid of. Um, anything that might already be hanging off of me so it would spin and glow and grow and expand past in in my mind's eye expand past the the confines of my body and then surround me kind of glinda the good witch style Mm -hmm. bubble Mm -hmm. of light sure so it's it's simultaneously burning all of the the energetic and and magical dross off of you that might already be present and then this bubble that exists is kind of a semi-permeable light shield that allows things in that are helpful and healthy, but it gently repels things that are not helpful and not healthy. And that used to keep me sane <laughs> through many a, an eight-hour shift of, of doing readings. Oh, of course. Shields yeah. up. Yep. Absolutely. Fire is an excellent cleanser. Mm, definitely. I think, you know, taking that from beyond the person... Uh, another concept of, of shielding and protection is your house or, you know, now your, your car because mm-hmm. that's your mobile house. Um, and, you know, uh, witches jars, um, mirrors and um, sun catchers, things like that, that would uh, throw back, repel that negativity or that evil um, would be one, one way to do it. Um, 
house floor about... washing, things like that. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> no, go ahead. Um, witches jars. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about how, what they are and how they operate, because they're not within my bailiwick. I, I don't know how they work. Well, my understanding of a witch's jar is that it is a jar that a, a witch would uh, would make, um, kind of like a honey jar, or you know those that that one of the container magic uh, type things. Um, and with a witch's jar, you would use um, herbs, personal items, spit or blood or something, um, and then you could use gemstones that you know uh, hematite or obsidian or something like that that you know would correspond with it um, as well as the herbs and then you use you can use vinegar um, but then the, the key element of it is that you would load it with razor blades and nails and thumbtacks and and things that would be create this barrier uh-huh. and then you would seal it magically uh, empower it to do its work and then traditionally you would hide it um, behind the front door or behind the drapes of a front-facing window. That's my understanding of, of what I've come to know of. I'm sure there's, as in magic, every everybody does their own thing. But we have one upstairs in our front window. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've seen them under thresholds. Thresholds, like yeah. That. Some people bury them. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some old Jewish magic that's very similar to that where mm-hmm. they would um, create uh, pottery mm-hmm. and carve incantations in a spiral going out and then put it under the the threshold Mm -hmm. well sean i know sean when he was building houses said they'd they'd put it in the foundation oh they'd do stuff in the foundation of the house too that is super cool so yeah there's um a a practice also it may be more of a feng shui or new age practice but i know that taking um, a piece of of a protective stone like a usually a black tourmaline Mm-hmm. And placing one in each of the far corners mm-hmm. of the home is... I think we have friends that do something similar to that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not an uncommon thing is to, to ward the home. And you can ward other things as well. You mentioned cars, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, your workspace, uh, yeah. an office or something like that. A place where, where you spend a lot of time, warding is a good idea. Yeah. Um, or if you have something that you you really want to protect, whether you know it could be uh, a journal or even a, a computer, a laptop, you could mm-hmm. do that. Some people like to do a, a personal sigil mm-hmm. and carve or, or draw a sigil onto to something to protect it. Um, I, I know of a, a woman who had a uh, an old gremlin car, and she painted on it the name Fafnir. She named it Fafnir, the, oh, the dragon of Norse mythology, yeah. and and never had any trouble with it. So those yeah. kinds of things are, are definitely things that you should look at as well. Not just, you know, what's what's around me and, and mm-hmm. you know, what's what's impacting me, but what's impacting my environment, what's impacting the places that I spend a lot of time sure. in. We have a customer. Um, I don't know if you've met him, but uh, he had a couple name tags that I engraved on the, you know, the back facing part of the name tag because he wears he's he's in sales and he wears different outfits or different clothes but he always has to have his name tag on so he has his personal um protection you know um sigil on the back of those name tags engraved on the back of the name tags so that it's with him you know no, no matter where he goes at work so one of the things too is that with protection and and um trying to keep things away sometimes things break through 
and they, they can bother you. Um, the thing that I would say to that is that if that happens, a grounding and centering, having something that you do consistently to ground and center so that when you need it, mm-hmm. you're able to call it up and, and do it quickly. I think that's an important part of magical self-defense, too, is being able to find that center and being able to sit um, stoically like the stone in the ground um, when things come upon you. Yeah, as well as cleaning your uh, your utensils, you mm-hmm. know, your tools. If you're using gemstones or, or some type of uh, omulent that, that's working for you, if it's uh, even if it's a, a picture of uh, St. Anthony or something above your door, um, it's probably a good idea to to not only cleanse those things, but if you're working with a, a deity or an ancestor or something, then you should probably pay respect to those things and build that relationship with those things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just on guard for you. They're, they're, they should be part of your daily practice. Yeah, the, the acknowledgement and the gratitude that is sent to those wards and those protective exactly, yeah. uh, archetypes. You, you mentioned earlier things like um, floor wash. Mm-hmm. and uh, regular cleansing and saging. I was wondering, because I get this question a lot from people, are there ways to tell whether something that's bothering you is just an accumulation of kind of negativity that's your standard mundane stuff, or when something is actually a deliberately thrown curse? The easy way for me to answer that is if you take a bath and you're still dirty, then it wasn't enough. Right. If you've done the normal things and there's a habitual, continuous problem, whether to break away from the magic element for a minute, whether it's real or imagined, mm-hmm. if you need to have this ritual or this event that changes that for you, mm-hmm. then it's beneficial to have that event. Mm-hmm. If it's all in your head, it's still all in your head. And you can change it all in your head to this was before, mm-hmm. this was the thing we did, this is after. Right. And that oftentimes helps regardless of whether or not it was just accumulation of things or if something was thrown at you. The number one way to curse people is to tell them they're cursed mm-hmm. because then they manifest it themselves. And every time they stub their toe, it's because they're cursed. And every time something goes wrong, it's because they're cursed. And then they start to pull that to them. So you have to reverse that. You have to break that cycle. Absolutely. The first thing that I ask anyone who comes to the door and says, hey, I feel like I've been cursed is, who told you you were cursed? Mm -hmm. Because if someone does curse work on you and they don't tell you that they've done it, they've left out the biggest step. Mm -hmm. They really have. Because it does no good to not know that you're cursed. Yeah, right. I mean, what, what, what... One man's curse is another man's bad luck. It is. And if you don't know that you're cursed, you're going to more likely assume that it's bad luck that you're encountering. And that's a whole different set of, you know, resolutions that you would go after. But, um, yeah, I tend to think that anyone who curses you and doesn't tell you that they've cursed you is just bad at cursing. And <laughs> that speaks volumes about how to get rid of it anyway. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Which lends to itself of why you would be cursed out. Yeah. You know, you it, there has to be that moment in time where I lay it on you. Right. If you don't know I laid it on you, then what, what good is it? Yeah. You have to walk away with that 
digging at you and eating at you and playing in your mind for it to manifest. Right. Yeah. And the best way to resolve a curse is to apologize to a person, frankly. <laughs> if yeah. if you have if you if you know that you've been cursed and you're feeling guilt about what you did, go apologize. Seriously. Um it's not always that simple, right. but it's a great start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that a lot of the kind of controlling and compelling uh spell work that that can happen in various traditions to the best of my knowledge that is not communicated to the person on the receiving end is that true let's say for example someone's doing a quote-unquote love spell um and and they they want someone to behave in a certain way to the best of my knowledge i I wouldn't think that that would be beneficial to tell the person i want you to love me and not be in control of that right but i want to control you and love me exactly so the person on the receiving end of that, is there any way for them to detect whether or not that kind of controlling influence has been placed on them? I think if they're not happy with what they're doing. That's always a good sign. I, yeah, I mean, if, if you if, question what you're doing, what's come over me? Why do I feel this way? Why am I acting this way? Yeah. It might be something external. You may need a Snickers. You might. You might need a, you might need a uh um, you might need to go take that cleansing bath. Right. You know? Right. It, it never hurts to do magic that pushes away mm-hmm. other people's magic. It never hurts to do a banishing. Um, it never hurts to do a cleansing. A cut and clear. Exactly. Would be a, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a very positive experience many years ago, about 15 years ago, when somebody first introduced me to the concept of doing like an, a consecutive nine night uncrossing bath. And uh, at the time, it was yeah, definitely in acknowledgement that there were some, some influences over my behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, feeling like, why, why am I, this doesn't feel like behavior that I would engage in. This doesn't feel like me. Um, and, you know, really noticed. It was one of, the, one of the moments in magic where I really kind of like st- stood up, looked around and said, whoa, this stuff works. Right, right. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the idea that you did nine nights too, I think, you know, when you look at a lot of the old conjurer uh, and, and Greek and other um, um, magical spells, there's always a, uh, a price of energy to be paid. You know, you have to do this really weird thing and it's very difficult and you have to go to this place at a certain time of night and throw it over your left shoulder and don't look back and do this and don't do that and do a bath for nine nights. And It's because your personal energy has to be involved in it. You, there has yeah. to be that element of that. You, you know, you have to do that. Making an investment. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if none of this works, even if none of this is real, um, the process of focusing on yourself, of focusing on Absolutely. building good habits, you're not going to go wrong with that. Um, yeah, nine nights you've put yourself into this. Exactly. You've taken nine baths. You're a hell of a lot cleaner than you were <laughs> nine nights ago. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just it's, it's good self-regulation and a good idea for anyone to do um, is, is to focus on what it is that, ails you mm-hmm. and find a way to resolve it. I, I, my own personal belief, though, with a lot of the, the things that, and I'm glad you, it was good for you for nine nights of that, mm-hmm. but I have come to learn that nature hates a vacuum. Mm-hmm. We often do the seven-day cleanse or the nine-day this, but then we don't, we don't do the other ass, the other oh, side boy. of that, yeah. you know, and, and I, I developed for a friend of ours, uh, uh, it, it ended up being um, 
a certain amount of days up to the new moon mm-hmm. to to get rid of things up to the new moon and then a certain amount of days beyond the new moon to then pull in what you you know you need to replace Beautiful. I love that. because the idea is that you know you did nine nights of getting rid of something if you would have just added that that positive affirmation or that you know like michael said is you're, you're you're building that good habit mm-hmm. so for nine nights you're getting rid of negativity but maybe you need for for nine more nights to remind yourself of the positivity and bring that, manifest that because you are pulling that. Yes. Fill with joy where you can. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, we've talked about, you know, building relationships, keeping it clean, using protection, all important <laughs> stuff. Magical offense. Offense is the best defense. I've heard. Oh. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Yes. Um, I tend to lean away from the left-hand path, so to speak, um, probably too much, you know, a little, little bit of a prude when it comes to that. However, um, I did notice during one circumstance where I felt like I needed to um, basically protect myself, and in this instance, I used a freezing spell, which I had I'd never done it before. I had misgivings about doing it. It felt very manipulative and controlling to me, but... Um, you know, drastic times, drastic times. Mm-hmm. So went ahead and did it um, and uh, kept it in the freezer and was just prickled, like, oh, so uncomfortable, just so uncomfortable with this presence in my freezer <laughs> for the few days that it was there. And then finally, uh, this was leading up to actually a, a court case. Mm. And then the, the day, either the day before or the day of the court case, I was like, I can't. This is bothering me too much. This is just, this is not going to protect me. It's just bothering me. So I let it go. I released it, um, went to court and had like a, an outstandingly good day in court. <laughs> it, had mm. this, it had been a, a situation with an assailant and uh, I was going there to protect myself and make sure that, that, you know, I was legally protected as well as. <laughs> looking over my shoulder every now and then. And uh, the assailant was very, very much at liberty to do exactly what they would and say exactly what they would and take the stand and go off. And boy, they sure did. And that's exactly what the freedom to speak um, was exactly what, what made the court case go very much in my favor. Mm. And so it, it was interesting to kind of throw a little bit of controlling magic at someone and then feel like, nah, this is wrong, and pull it back, and then see what that, what that resulted in. Mm. Um, just uh, that was the first thing that came to mind when you brought it up. We're at the end of part one, Magical Defense, so we're going to go ahead and plug our sponsors, and then we'll come back uh, with the next podcast with Magical Defense part two, The Offense. Pagan Gumbo Podcast would like to thank this episode's sponsors, Nui Cobalt Designs, talismans, tools, and supplies for the magically minded. Each is handcrafted and charged under optimal astrological conditions. We believe the sacred objects that support your practice should be both beautiful and powerful. Free shipping in the U.S. on orders over $175. That's NuiCobaltDesigns.com. And the Magical Druid. The Magical Druid offers a wide selection of handmade and specially crafted items to help you develop your personal spirituality, enhance your magical practice, and build your personal work. Check out all of our items at www.magicaldruid.com.
If you would like to donate to this podcast, please go to pagangumbo.com backslash donate. If you have a business, a nonprofit, or some other type of group, or something that you would like to get the word out on, then how about sponsoring Pagan Gumbo? You can do so. Just let us know. If you have questions, comments, or show ideas, they can all be sent to info at pagangumbo.com. If you had complaints, tape them to our front door. We'll get to them. So, until we talk to you again, we appreciate you listening to us ramble. We thank you for your time and your effort. Until we meet again, be good to each other. Walk in balance, in honor, and wisdom.